Shema. Shabbat Shalom. This week's Torah portion is entitled Vaishlach, meaning, and he sent. And it covers Genesis chapter 32, verse 3, and goes to chapter 36, verse 43. As our parasha opens, as we just read, Adonai instructs Jacob to return home to Canaan. And because of his previous deception, Jacob is concerned that his brother Esau is going to take revenge and kill him. So Jacob sends messengers to Esau with a message of peace. But the messengers come back saying that Esau is coming towards Jacob with an army of 400 men. In preparation for the meeting, Jacob divides his clan into two camps so that at least some will survive in case there's a fight. He then prays to Adonai and sends Esau a large amount of cattle and sheep as a gift. That night, Jacob helps his family to cross the Jabbok River. And after the last child and animal has crossed, Jacob stays behind. He then sleeps alone in the desert, but in the middle of the night, he's startled out of his sleep by a stranger. A man, that's all we're told about him initially. This man appears out of nowhere and starts wrestling with Jacob. And it's a wrestling match that will continue until sunrise. And I almost think that at first he probably thought that was his brother. They end up in a stalemate, so the man touches Jacob's hip socket and dislocates it. But Jacob holds on and refuses to let go without first receiving a blessing from him. The mysterious man asks him his name, and upon hearing it, he tells Jacob that going forward, his new name will be Israel, which means he strives or struggles with God. Now, the fact that this man had the authority both to bless Jacob and to change his name, and the fact that Jacob promptly renamed that place Peniel, which literally means face of God, shows that this was no mere human that Jacob encountered. Scholars believe that this was an example of a Christophany, which is a pre-incarnation appearance of our Messiah Yeshua. And there's been other instances of that in scripture. The next morning, Israel walked, or actually limped away, in some ways a new man. He had a new name and probably a new outlook on life. When you wrestle in prayer with the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and yield to his will, it gives you an eternal perspective, making your circumstances seem a lot less intimidating. In chapter 33, Jacob and Esau are finally reunited, and there are no hard feelings. In fact, Esau is impressed, if somewhat puzzled, by all the gifts that Jacob sent ahead. He politely declines the gifts, but Jacob insists. Their reunion is brief, and Jacob returns to Canaan, settling in the vicinity of Shechem. That brings us to chapter 20, or 34, which then records the slaughter of all the men of the city of Shechem by Shimon and Levi, in retaliation for the rape of their sister Dinah. The scriptures are honest records of Israel's history, both good and bad. The slaughter of the men of Shechem forced Israel and the family to leave the area, and because of this heinous act, Shimon and Levi would later forfeit their patriarchal blessing. In chapter 35, the Lord instructs Jacob to return and dwell in Bethel. The Lord appears to him there again and reaffirms his promise to give him and his descendants the land and the blessings given to Abraham. Rachel dies while giving birth to Benjamin, and Jacob buries her in Bethlehem Ephrath. And I find it interesting that the same town which held grief also yielded the greatest hope that the world has ever known, because in Bethlehem Ephrath was born the Redeemer of all mankind, Yeshua the Messiah. Chapter 35 also records the immoral actions of Reuben with Bilhah, who was Jacob's concubine. 
which would later disqualify Reuben from receiving the patriarchal blessing. And we also read of the reuniting of Jacob with his father Isaac and of Isaac's death at 180. Jacob and Esau would come together one last time to bury their father, and then they would part ways. And unfortunately, Esau's descendants, the Edomites, would eventually become bitter adversaries of the Jewish people. The parasha closes with the summary of Esau's descendants in chapter 36. And I feel that we're meant to recognize in this parasha the need to individually cultivate a relationship with God. Our sinful nature leads inevitably, inevitably to conflict. But with a heavenly perspective, we can be reconciled and fulfilled Adonai's purpose for us. There's a noticeable change in tone of Jacob's prayers throughout his life as he learns to trust God. He needed to cultivate a relationship with God of his own, not merely as the son of Isaac or the grandson of Abraham. It had to be his God. And it has to be the same with us. God must become your God. Yeshua the Savior must become your Savior. So a few closing thoughts. Because sin abounds in the world, we often fail to trust one another. Jacob's deception made it necessary for him to flee from Esau, leaving his parents' home and setting off to Haran to stay with his relatives, or setting off for Haran to stay with his relatives, only later to be deceived by his uncle Laban. But God brought good out of these circumstances. One of my favorite passages, Romans 8.28 it references that all things work together for the good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. And basically all that means is that whatever is going wrong in your life, whatever is going bad in your life, that God is going to take that and he's going to work it out for good, for his glory and for your good. As an example, from Jacob's two wives and two concubines came the 12 tribes of Israel. Jacob's life shows us that we may go through many trials and difficulties, but through tenacity and prayer, with God's help, we can overcome it all. Yeshua told us that in this life we will have troubles, and we do. But we can have hope and be of good cheer, for he has overcome the world, Satan, sin, and death. Even today, Jacob's descendants still struggle with this divine man who is Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah. Please pray that the Jewish people as a community will soon come to know Yeshua as their Lord and Redeemer, encountering him in a deeply personal way and receiving their full inheritance of eternal life through faith, by grace and trust in the eternal salvation of our Lord Messiah. Shabbat Shalom, everyone.